popular young singer from Ukraine by the name of Jerry Heil. That was Kozatskomu Rodu, Kozak family. Vitaju vas vsih, šanovni radiju suhači na radiju predaču naš holos radiju Krinskoho Korenja, kotra podajaci vam nahveli CHLY 101.7 FM u misti na najmo. Primikrofoni Pavlina. Dobry den and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Pavina sitting in for Oksana. On today's program, we've got an interview with Carmen McNamara, who is a manager for a group that is helping settle Ukrainian refugees here on Vancouver Island. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, and much of it a nod, a patriotic nod to uh, brave Ukrainian defenders who are risking life, limb, and livelihood to defend freedom and sovereignty in their homeland. So our next song will be a brand new release just um, like a week ago or so. It is a song expressing affection for the city of Kiev, which is the hometown of the singer, who is none other than Chief Rabbi Moshe Osman. Here he is now with Heroi Kiev, Kiev Hero. Kiev Heroi Прострелине місто тепла, місто добра, місто казкове, місто белине, 
місто величне на схилах Дніпра. Київ, рідне місто моє, Захисник України Київ крізь віки постає Був і буде як є Захисник України Києве мій Світу Берліна Серцю в душі Шира малюсь, оберігаєш всю Україну, Господом дану, Київ The National Coat of Arms of Ukraine, the Trident, has a millennium-long history. For many centuries, this symbol was widely used in the lands of present-day Ukraine. The oldest depictions of the Trident, discovered by archaeologists, date back to the 10th century. It was the emblem of the princely Rurik lineage, the ruling dynasty of Kievan Rus. In the times of the Ukrainian People's Republic, the Trident was adopted as the official coat of arms of the state. During the 20th century, the Trident was a symbol of the Ukrainian nation's fight for independence, and it was banned by the authoritarian Soviet regime. Having regained its independence in 1991, Ukraine made the Trident its state coat of arms. By that decision, Ukraine demonstrated the continuity of its traditions with those of the Ukrainian People's Republic and Kievan Rus. Today, the Trident is one of the symbols of Ukraine's centuries-long statehood. Наша зброя, правди сила, воля, честь, вогонь звитяги. Наша зброя, сила віри, що чоло кладе на стяги. Кожен з нас іде до бою, щоб назавжди бути вірним. Нам потрібна перемога, перемога в світі вільним. Перемога, честь і слава, перемога. 
перемога, кров і біль, силу нашої держави ми пізнали в боротьбі. Перемога буде з нами проти вражої орди, сильна нашими серцями Україна назавжди. Наша зброя, наші діти, наші хлопці і дівчата, що готові боронити Україну, рідну мати. Наша зброя, наші діти, вірна єдність побратимів. Наша зброя, сила духу, збройні сили України. Перемога, честь і слава, перемога, кров і біль. Силу нашої держави ми пізнали в боротьбі. Нашими серцями Україна назавжди Перемога, честь і слава Перемога, кров і біль Силу нашої держави Ми пізнали в боротьбі Перемога буде з нами Проти вражої орди Сильна нашими серцями Україна назавжди and that was the unmistakable voice of Ukrainian singer Maria Burmaka, who's been around quite a while. Brand new song that was not even a release. It was just a Facebook Live uh, that she shared, uh, done, I think, in her radio station studio somewhere on, in Ukraine. And that song was called Peremoha, Victory. Coming up next is a song that was written back in 2016. The group is called Vsevsvit which means all the world, and the song is World Support Ukraine is the title, and in it is an appeal to the world to do that, to help Ukraine defend its borders. This is 2016, and the point was that it wasn't just Ukraine's borders, because what happened to Ukraine in 2014 was a brazen violation of a world order established at the end of World War II. In this song, the singer makes a chilling prediction which seems to be coming true. She said, if you don't help Ukraine, then this war could come knocking on your door. Here is World Support Ukraine. Show true feelings of the broken life. 
My name is Katherine Winnick, Katerina Anna and I'm proud to be of Ukrainian descent. February 24th marks one year since the war in Ukraine began. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever imagine that my Ukrainian heritage, my family, my friends, my neighbors would be under constant violent attacks. And now over 365 days. I'm here to say that I stand in solidarity with Ukraine. Ukraine, you have my support, my prayers, and my fight. You are not alone. Slava Ukraini!
Two sisters, Natalia and Christina Pasichnik from London, England, and Dictatorship, a song written by their father, Stepan Pasichnik, also known as Ludwig. Ви слухаєте наш голос Радіо Українського коріння, котре подається вам на хвилі CHLY 101.7 FM у місті Нанаймо. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Carmen McNamara is General Manager of Help Ukraine Vancouver Island. This is a volunteer-led organization supporting displaced Ukrainians across Vancouver Island. Together with partner agencies, they direct and assist misplaced Ukrainians in creating decent and safe new lives for themselves and their families in our local area. So uh, Carmen joins me now on the line. Thank you so much, Carmen, for taking the time to speak with us. Good morning, and thanks for having me. So, um, Carmen, uh, first of all, give us a, an overview of, um, I guess, how did Help Ukraine Vancouver Island start? So, last March, I began to notice that there was Ukrainian refugees appearing on Vancouver Island, as they were across Canada, and that there was really not a whole lot of support in place for them. The program that the federal government set up, essentially a work permit program. It wasn't a refugee program. Ukrainians in Canada don't have refugee status. Mm-hmm. So that means that they're not entitled to refugee support. However, they were arriving here often with just the clothes on their backs, maybe a backpack. Some of them didn't have any friends or family here. They didn't have any resources. They didn't have any prospects for jobs. And yet many of these people had skills and degrees and things that would allow them to prosper in Canada. But they needed a leg up in order to get there. And so we started out with a website connecting them with existing resources. We then created a host guest matching program. And it sort of blossomed out from there. We have helped 951 Ukrainian refugees in the past year. And we have approximately 600 volunteers across the island who assist in supporting these people on a daily basis. Oh, wow. So why were Ukrainian uh, refugees not classified as refugees and um, given the same kind of help that many other refugees are given uh, from not even war-torn areas? Yeah, so essentially it was for the sake of expediency. Mm. Um, The Canadian refugee program is quite laborious. It generally takes about two years from the time a refugee applies to when they actually arrive in Canada. For example, they receive housing stipend, uh, housing, sorry, a monthly stipend and full medical and dental for the first year. However, it's fairly limited in terms of the number of people that they will accept, and it's an extremely slow process. Oh. Um, so, for example, the Canadian government accepted somewhere in the neighborhood of about 15,000 refugees last year. Um, forgive me if I got that number wrong, but it's it's somewhere in there. Whereas there's 150,000 Ukrainians that have arrived. So mm-hmm. for worse, um, the CUAEP program, which is, as I said, essentially a work permit program, has just allowed far more Ukrainians to be able to come to Canada and start new lives here. But what it means is that those supports aren't in place. And so There's a trade-off. 
Now, since then, the Canadian government has added a bit of support. Ukrainian refugees now receive a $3,000 one-time payment, $1,500 for children. However, there's still a time lag between when they arrive and when they can get that money because mm. they can't apply for that money until they have an address in Canada as well as a social insurance number, which takes time. Right. So we still have two or three weeks for these people who are in Canada, often with no money and no resources. So we need supports in place to help people bridge that time mm. when they arrive and when they're able to be self-sufficient. And that's really what Help Ukraine Vancouver Island is all about. We are about providing supports that allow people to become self-sufficient. We are not an organization that intends to have people reliant on us long term, because that's just not sustainable. And what we've seen, which is really wonderful to watch, is that Ukrainians arrive, they receive whatever help they need, depending on the family situation. Some may need significantly more support than others. But what we frequently see is that once people have reached a certain level of self-sustainability, they've got a job, they've got income coming in, their kids are in school, then they tend to turn around and give back. So we've created a peer support program. Our food share programs that we run at seven locations every week across the island, it's about 90% Ukrainian refugees that are making that happen. What do you mean? And so... How does that work? The food share program? Yeah. The food share program specifically is essentially pop-up food banks that we run um, across the island. We have seven locations, Victoria, Langford, Peninsula, Cowichan Valley, Nanaimo, Parksville, and then we have one specifically for the Ukrainian Village Transition House here in Victoria. Okay. And we're currently working with the Comox Valley Ukrainian Society to set up an eight up in Comox. That should be up and running by March. So how the food share program works, and they're a little bit different in each location, mm-hmm. but we create partnerships with local organizations such as the CRD Food Share Program, Fresh Point Foods up in Nanaimo, and instead of giving people food cards to support them, which is what we initially used to do, mm-hmm. and people going out and paying retail prices for groceries, we are either receiving food as donations or we are buying in bulk mm-hmm. and paying significantly cheaper prices oh. than people would buy going out on their own. Mm-hmm. So as an example, for every dollar that we spend on groceries, we're able to distribute about $100 worth of food. Wow. Yeah. So what that means is that every week we are able to provide groceries for approximately 300 families on the island, week after week after week after week after week. And the majority of the people who are packing these hampers, who are packaging the food, who are preparing them, who are checking people in at the door, those people are themselves Ukrainian refugees. There is no way that we could do that without these people chipping in, coming back, and helping. And it's been incredible to see. Um, For example, at our location in Saanich on Thursday, I was there helping get things set up. There were 10 volunteers, and I was the only Canadian in the room. Wow. Amazing. That says a lot. And um, it it, it really does reduce any burden on government, on on the uh, infrastructure. And they are obviously... um, an asset to our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
something that I've seen is that we are seeing Ukrainians coming here with skills that Canada needs, particularly in the IT sector, Mm -hmm. but also in the construction sector. Um, We are facing a massive labor shortage, not only on the island, but also across the country. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing Ukrainians refugees jumping at these jobs and filling in the gaps. You look at BC Ferries, and they've hired somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 Ukrainian refugees. It's just incredible. And it's really cool because you see professional seamen mm-hmm. who worked in, in Odessa or, or Zaporizhia or mm-hmm. Kherson or whatever, mm-hmm. now getting jobs in their field at an organization that desperately needs employees who are qualified in these things. Mm-hmm. And now BC Ferries has actually started providing them additional training so that they can get their Canadian licenses in certain Wow. Complex operations. I'm I'm sorry, I am I am not in that particular <laughs> No worries, yeah. But I, I can think of one person in particular who is a third engineer at BC Ferries and he is being sent for a month long course so that he can take a higher level position. Wow. That is um a, a good luck story for Canada for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, you've been in operation for almost a year now, and you mm-hmm. said it's over almost a 1,000 people that you've helped, refugees, but you said there are more coming. Yeah. So the CUAET program that I described, which allows Ukrainians to apply without a fee for a work visa. So Sorry. the CUAET program, the Canadian-Ukrainian Authorization for Emergency Travel program, mm. is essentially an enhanced work visa program that the Canadian federal government developed specifically for Ukrainian refugees. Mm -hmm. So in essence, it allows um, Ukrainians who are considered low risk to apply to get a work visa. They don't have to pay the normal application fee that's waived. What do you mean by low risk? That's a good question because that that is a term defined by the federal government and I'm not an expert in Canadian security, Mm. but I would I would assume that that means people who are not known to law enforcement authorities or who are deemed to pose low risk. Okay, sure. So not criminals and not uh, spies, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Or at least that would be my guess on that. Makes sense. Um, So such people can apply without fee for the program. If granted, the work permit is valid for three years instead of the usual two. Mm Mm-hmm. And it comes with a $3,000 one-time payment for adults and a $1,500 one-time payment for children. Okay. In British Columbia specifically, once these people arrive, they are eligible for MSP from the day they arrive. They do not have the three-month waiting period. Mm -hmm. And people who are extremely low income qualify for the BC hardship assistance program, which is an additional amount of money that people who are extremely low income can access every month for a year. And usually these are single mothers, but not always. Mm -hmm. But it's just one more source that the government has created to allow these people to just get a leg up. Okay. Now, the CUAET program came into existence in March of 2022 and is set to expire March 31st of 2023. Oh. Yes. There has been no indication from the federal government whether or not they intend to extend the program, replace it with something else. We don't know. 
And so what's happening is that people are behaving and making decisions as though the program will end because Mm -hmm. those who want to come to Canada understand that they are under an extremely tight timeline. Unfortunately, what that means is that we have gone from assisting an average of 10 new people arriving each week and our systems being set up for that type of volume to an average of 40 people per week. Last week, we saw 61. And it means that the resources that we have, both financial and volunteer, have been stretched almost to a breaking point because we simply did not anticipate this kind of volume. And unless the program is extended, I foresee that we will see that number going up and up and up and up and up over the next five weeks. The other thing that comes with this is that because people are desperate to get on a plane and get to Canada, often they have put fewer plans in place. They may not have researched the city they're going to. They may not have any idea what they're going to do for work. They may not have a place to stay. They may not have family here. They may not have saved up money before coming here. Often, right now, tickets, plane tickets, are twice as much as they were over the summer. I don't know if that's related or not, but looking at the prices, uh, I'm astounded. Mm-hmm. I cannot find a plane ticket for under $1,600. Oh, wow. And so the people that are arriving, on the whole, seem to require a little bit more assistance on average than those who arrive in December or November. Okay, so what, what, can, we, what can people do to help you? So there are three things that people can do. First of all, uh, they can offer to host either short-term or long-term. They can donate funds. We use these funds to assist Ukrainians with things like our food share program. Sometimes we're paying for emergency hotel rooms, other emergency expenses, and they can also volunteer. And if they'd like to do any of these three things, they can go to our website, ukrainehelpvi.ca. Look at the main menu, and you'll see options for a hosting program, to donate, and to volunteer. Additional information for each of these is provided on the corresponding page. Okay. Tell us about the people that that have arrived. I would imagine um, a a lot of them don't speak English or don't speak it well. They're disoriented. They're they're shell-shocked, I would imagine, in a highly, highly traumatized state. Yeah, it's interesting. When people arrive almost universally, they seem to really be full of adrenaline for two or three weeks. And people seem gung-ho. And one of the things that we need to do is encourage people to settle a little bit, to feel the emotions that they're going to feel, and take steps that they need to take in order to be able to do well long-term. Because what tends to happen is that adrenaline crashes around the three-week mark. Okay. Again, these are averages. Yeah. But that's when we see people get angry. We can see relationships break down between guests and their hosts. Oh. We see people fall into depression. And these kinds of emotions come up. And that's very normal because these people have undergone so much trauma. Also, they've flown halfway around the world right. to a country they don't know, yeah. and they're speaking a language that is, is not their first language, even if they are quite fluent in English. Right, yeah, and, so, and the culture shock as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And so we're really encouraging people to seek counseling. The uh, Vancouver Island Refugee Counseling Center has been phenomenal about offering assistance to Ukrainians at a heavily subsidized rate at $10 per session. 
oh. that's the usual hundred or whatever it wow. normally costs. Wow. And so we're really encouraging all Ukrainians to come here to access that support. Mm-hmm. Typically, the majority of people will find kind of a job mm-hmm. in the first three weeks or so. Again, it depends on their level of English, their qualifications and such. Sure. But people are finding jobs extremely quickly. That means that they get their first paycheck around week five. And by three months, typically, most people are well on their way to self-sufficiency. Okay. So we are seeing these transitions that people are going through. Oh, so great. So what you're, you're giving, really giving them a leg up then to, to get, exactly. yeah, they're getting on their own feet. They are contributing to the uh, local community and also helping their own people that are coming Absolutely. after them. Absolutely. And, and they're filling in gaps in our economy in terms of jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people working as full stack developers, as chefs, as engineers. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these are not entry level positions. Of course, people whose English is poor. They tend to get lower paying jobs. They're right. working in construction. They're working in cleaning. Yeah. But it's still possible to make a living in those kinds of jobs if you're willing to work hard. Yeah. And they are. It's, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But uh, congratulations on this incredible work that you're doing. Um, all these people that you're helping that would otherwise have been hopeless and destitute. And um, for people here on Vancouver Island, uh, lots of opportunities to uh, to pitch in and help a little bit and to give mm-hmm. give back to these people who are giving, coming here and giving to us, not taking advantage and not uh, just, you know, getting on, on welfare and, and being a burden to society. It's quite the opposite. So uh, tell us again, Carmen, how people can reach you. If you don't mind, I'd just like to speak to the point you just made. Because one of the pieces of pushback that I get as a Canadian, unfortunately, from my fellow Canadians sometimes, is that we shouldn't be helping these people for a variety of reasons. And I would like to reinforce for my fellow Canadians that these people, for better or worse, are not getting refugee support money. And for the most part, they don't qualify for welfare, even if they wanted it. So we are giving a leg up to people who are going to have a net contribution to Canadian society and Canadian economies. So that's, of course, not the only reason, but I think it's important to dispel that myth that some Canadians Mm -hmm. seem to have, that Ukrainians are coming. I would argue that Ukrainians are coming and taking. I think it's really important to recognize that Ukrainians are coming and they are given to Canada, and Canada is better for it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and... Further to that point is their country is at war. Their their homes are being attacked, unprovoked, being destroyed. Their lives are being destroyed. Why would Canadians begrudge helping them anyways? There are always people who feel that we should either help Canadians first, that it's not our responsibility. Mm. Um, there are unfortunately some Canadians who are pro-Russian and while I don't want to spend a ton of time or energy on these people because I'm probably not going to change their minds, and that's not my job to do that, Right. I think we need to call out the false narrative. Yes, I agree. Um, you asked me how people can get in touch, so certainly our website is ukrainehelpvi.ca. Easy, ukrainehelpvi, stands for Vancouver Island, dot C-A. 
That's correct. Okay. And you have a, a newsletter that you send out to people to keep up with what's going on, and then your website where people can sign up to either make a donation, volunteer, or help in whatever way. We had Debbie Provence from um, St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church up in Parksville who was speaking very highly of your organization and how uh, people who have excess things in their home, uh, rather than just um, throw them out, take them to the dump, that um, you have, that you collect these things for people that, you know, need, need furniture and household goods and things like that? Sort of. So we don't have a physical storage or office space. However, we do have a free classified store on our website. Okay. So that means that if people have goods to donate or if Ukrainians have a need for goods, then they can go on there and post either their offering or their request. And then people can be matched directly with others in their area who have what they need. Okay, perfect. Fantastic service that that you're providing, Carmen. Thank you for taking the initiative to do this and uh, for your ability to get 600 people already volunteering to support these refugees and the amazing programs that you've already put in place. So hopefully the program will be continued by the government and not ended uh, next month. At any rate, it sounds like you've got um, contingency plans in case they're not. So there's no need for this support to, for the refugees to stop. Yeah, I mean, we, we are going to continue to do what we can within the system. Um, we advocate for Ukrainians. We advocate that the federal government continue the program, not only because it's important for us to support Ukrainians, but also because the program is good for Canada. Right. But our primary focus, is on helping Ukrainians who are here in the best way that we can here. And that's, and that's not to dismiss the amazing work that other organizations do, mm-hmm. but our mission is to support the Ukrainian refugees once they are here. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Carmen, for uh, coming on and uh, sharing your story and uh, telling us about the great work that you're doing. And I hope that listeners to the show who are not aware of Help Ukraine Vancouver Island will find it in their hearts to um, to pitch in and, and help. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to come on today and, and speak about. Uh, pleasure and an honor, Carmen. Thank you so much. Ви слухаєте наш голос Радіо Українського коріння, котре подається вам на хвилі CHLY 101.7 FM у місті Нанаймо. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I see warplanes flying over Ukraine I hear missiles and the death that they bring I don't know about you But I feel like we should do all we can do For Ukraine Innocent families are caught up in war With no escape, no safe place anymore Without water, power, or heat And no medicine for the sick 
sung this song in the many years since it was written because I never thought it would be relevant again. But in the light of one man's bloody and woefully misguided decision to invade a peaceful and threatening neighbour, the song is once again a plea for our common humanity. For the brave Ukrainians fighting against this brutal tyranny and also the many Russians who are protesting this outrage despite the threat of arrest and imprisonment. We all of us Love our children. Stop the war. In Europe and America There's a growing feeling of hysteria Conditioned to respond to all the threats And the rhetorical speeches of the Soviet Mr. Khrushchev said we will bury you I don't subscribe to this point of view Be such an ignorant thing to do If the Russians love their children too How can I save my little boy From Oppenheimer's deadly toy There is no monopoly of common sense On either side of the political fence We share the same biology Regardless of ideology Believe me when I say to you I hope the Russians love their children too
president to put the words in the mouth of the president. There's no such thing as a winnable war. It's a lie we don't believe anymore. We share the same biology, regardless of ideology. And what might save us, me and you, is that the Russians love their children too. songs that uh, came out about a year ago, uh, shortly after the shocking invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And the this song was by Sting. He re-released it with the uh, commentary before. And prior to that was Miles Goodwin of April Wine. And that was a brand new release last year in support of Ukraine. There were a flurry of songs like that that were uh, that came out about that time and maybe for a month or two after and uh, then the world seems to have forgotten ukrainians haven't and uh, there are lots of new songs being released and we're happy to share them here on nash holis and will continue to do so coming up next is a song that has been around for a little while a few years ago volva hazer and his group shabla released this song it was became very popular and became known as the uh anthem of the defense of Ukraine. It is called Bratia Ukrainsev, which translates as Ukrainians Brothers, and has become much beloved by Ukrainians around the world. Here he is now in concert with various orchestras of Ukraine's armed forces performing Bratia Ukrainsev. And before the song, a strong dire warning to Putin and anyone else who tries to take from Ukraine that which is not theirs. Братья і сестри, рідні моєму серцю українські воїни, і всі ви, братья і сестри, хто разом з нами боронить нашу священну матір Україну. Весь світ дивиться на нас, на те, як ми згуртувалися, як ми не боїмося, як ми разом, кожен на своєму місці, даємо відсіч кремлівській орді. Путін, ти, курва, заплатиш нам за все. За материнські сльози, за кожного вбитого і замордованого українського солдата, за кожен порушений сон наших дітей, за кожну пережиту світом мить війни. У тебе нічого не вийде. Ми вже вас перемогли. Ви всі тут здохнете. Ми не здамося і не зламаємося. Ніколи. Ми будемо вас збивати з такою лютю кожного по декілька разів. І навіть якщо комусь з вас вдасться врятуватися, знайте, рано чи пізно ми всіх вас знайдемо і знищимо. Русські солдати і офіцери, у вас ще є шанс спасти свою честь. Здавайтесь в плен, спасіть ваші душі. Слава Україні! Перемога буде за нами! Смерть російським окупантам! Любі мої діти, мила мамо і тату, 
Я йду на війноньку нашу землю захищати. Не плачте за мною, якщо в полі згину. Це віта за любоненьку нашу Україну. Єднаємося, браття, цю лиху годину. Нехай ворог знає, ми за Україну. Богу душу нашу віддамо єдину за нашу землю. Священну Україну, Богу душу нашу, віддамо єдину за нашу землю, священну Україну. Слухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо «Кринського коріння» на хвилі СІХЛВ 101,7 ФМ у місті Ненаймо. Говорить Павліна.
Ne želim već skinčala našu programu, više často domu iskazati do pobačenja, ali pred tem je hoću izalašati vas tekima slovami mudrostja. I tvi voroh zahoće s tvoju govorite, jak zumiš svi silne pjastuk do joho loba priložite. And our proverb of the week translates as your enemy will speak to you only if you learn to bring a strong fist to his head. And with that, we've come to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. In between broadcasts, please stay in touch with us via our Facebook page. For transcripts, audio archives, and a link to our podcast, visit our website, www.nashholos.com. You can also find Nash Holos on your favorite podcast app. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of Oksana, myself, and all of us here at CHLY 101.7 FM, thanks for listening. Do zusrichi. Серці своїм, вололюбний дух народу нашого.
зрадив мову відзирався віри християнські. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.